Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Welcome back to the Top 5 Podcast. This is Rail Bricker from Perth, Western Australia. And today I have my special guest, Dorothy Mashburn, coming to us from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where it's probably, you know, warm the whole year, I believe. So that's a, that's a good start. Dorothy is a leading authority in negotiation. And her mission in life is to champion the underserved in corporate arenas. Uh, she runs a podcast called Salary Negotiation Made Simple. I'm not telling my staff about this podcast. Okay. They're <laughs> not coming to negotiate salaries with me. Uh, dedicated to debunking myths surrounding job searching, career advancement, and salary negotiation. Uh, Dorothy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Rail. So, Dorothy, today we're going to be talking about the top five tips for bridging pay gaps through negotiation excellence. So, hit us up. Tip number one. Tip number one. Let's, uh, one thing that we need to do is recognize our market value. And the way you do that is look at three things. Number one is look at your regular sites like Glassdoor, Salary.com, Indeed. Those are Pretty much everybody gives you that uh, as a starting point. The next one, it's a little less known than these uh, top sites. Uh, one is Levels, FYI. The next one is Team Blind. And Team Blind is an exciting one, Rail, because what, what it provides is, is like a Reddit for your salary. So different people with different job titles will put their salary information as well as their location. So you can really understand, well, this person is in California, so they're pay is not equivalent for me living in Michigan. So I can find a product manager or a marketing manager in Michigan and compare whether my salary is at par with what the market is saying it should be. And then then within that, uh, and then the last one within understanding your market value is asking for informational sessions within the industry for people in uh, on LinkedIn. So say this serves two purposes. One is you can just start building a strong uh, relationship. And then second, if they're willing and amenable, sharing a salary range. So once you have these three points triangulated, you can then determine whether you're being compensated fairly or not. Okay, so so let me ask you, what le- I mean, are we talking about any level in the organization and and I hate hierarchical structures at the best of time but you know are we are we talking about executive level where you can negotiate packages and and have more room to maneuver or are we talking about you know the average middle manager who's you know slotting into a corporate role where they have quite a defined budget range who are we talking yeah. about yeah that's a good question so it, i would argue as a negotiator uh, that you have room to negotiate at any level in the organization, uh, and uh, especially at middle management, because you have, uh, you know, like uh, executive salaries at at certain level, and then it changes again. Uh, is uh, is very uh, subjective, uh, yes, but at the same time, there are uh, reporting uh, to Wall Street or or your stock exchanges, so there is a little bit of visibility. But at middle management level, there is quite a bit of ambiguity and uh, room to maneuver. So absolutely at middle management, you can negotiate 
Um, you know, on average, my clients get about a 60 to 70% increase in salary when they negotiate versus when they don't. Okay. So, so in order to get to that, so you've done your research, you've actually, you know, you've, you've understood your true value. I mean, just taking that true value offline, I mean, my, my understanding and, and, and even professionals in my industry, which is professional speaking, Mm -hmm. tend to, get imposter syndrome and undervalue themselves okay so that leads us on dorothy to to i guess you know you know what your market value is or you you have a range of market value hit us up tip number two for bridging pay gaps through negotiation excellence yep tip number two is building confidence so as you mentioned you know there are a lot of people who undervalue themselves so even when I'm talking to you and someone is listening, like negotiate your value, you're going to negotiate against yourself. I'm betting, thinking hey, it doesn't work in my industry or hey, my boss is a, a tough one. He's, he or she's going to say no. So even when I'm saying this and you're hearing it, you're going to negotiate against yourself. So my uh, advice to you is go in thinking I'm going to ask and all they can say is no. And this is, of course, easier said than done. So a couple of things that I always recommend is think about negotiating on behalf of the person you love most in the world. So when you're negotiating for yourself, you usually tend to say, eh, do I deserve it or not? But when you talk, think in your mind, you trick your mind to say, I'm going to negotiate for my daughter or my son or my dad or my mom or my husband or my wife, whatever that, whoever that person is. Uh, if you trick your mind to say, I'm, I'm uh, negotiating on their behalf, you're going to be a lot more successful. Okay. And so, and, I mean, I guess that actually ties in completely with, with, with tip number three. Tell me, tell me though, I mean, we're recording this late 2023, although it'll only be live in 2024. You know, in Australia at the moment, there is a massive uh, shortage of skilled employees. In, in late 2023, there are, the, you know, we have unemployment figures in Australia running around the 3 to 4% level, which economically means full employment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does that change the, 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 the confidence in negotiating when you know that people are desperate? Yeah, yeah. So look, uh, the, we all have bills to pay, and this is a similar situation here. We have, I was talking to a recruiter last week and they were reviewing about 150 applications for one job per day so it's uh, pretty intense so we all have bills to pay we all have financial responsibilities Uh, one thing to keep in mind is people don't buy when you give off desperate energy so this is the tip get out of the desperation mode so even if you so here's my one two strategy so even if you have a job at hand which you are extremely overqualified qualified for, take it with the strategy that you're going to continue to look in the job market for your ideal job. Because if you are looking desperate and you're saying, oh, I, I badly need a job because I have bills to pay, you know, chances are that you are not going to be the ideal or dream candidate for that job, for that uh, hiring manager. So you need to get out of that. So get out of that desperation mode and then negotiate your salary for the next job. Now, When you're negotiating your salary, a a lot of people have this fear that the job offer is going to get rescinded. So take that fear out of your mind. So in my 20 years of doing this, that has happened once. 
And in because and doing that only happened because they did it wrong in an email and that email got forwarded. It was misconstrued. So there was a lot of history behind why a job offer got rescinded that one time. But most of the times employees, and I'm a hiring manager, uh, employers expect you to negotiate because if you're not going to fight for yourself, I I have doubts whether you're going to fight for your team or for your company. So Dorothy, hit us up. Tip number four for the top five tips for bridging pay gaps through negotiation excellence. Absolutely. So number four is bringing in my extensive experience negotiating uh, 500 plus business deals. So in all of those, you are never quite sure exactly how that negotiation is going to go because you're dealing with people and people are unpredictable. Am I right, Rail? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So what, what my recommendation is, there is a lot of literature out there, you know, be a aggressive negotiator, be a dominant, be a, a accommodative, compromising. So what has worked really well for me is being an adaptable negotiator. And what I mean by that is think of negotiation as jazz, if that's your, you know, if, yeah. if that's your jam, uh, or think of it as a dance. So you are adapting to the style that that uh, other counterpart of yours is is uh, adopting. So when you have that mindset, you can really, really get the most out of any negotiation. So for example, if you see that this other person is extremely dominant and they're trying to ruffle your feathers and saying, oh, if you don't go with me, what choices do you have? In negotiation, we say that that's belittling your alternative. So when, they, when they're doing this kind of hardball stance, you need to adapt your negotiation. You cannot be seen as, you know, uh, just uh, giving away the farm, right? You're going to want to stand firm on, these are my objectives, and I'm going to get those regardless of how much feather ruffling you're going to do. Now, on the other hand, if your other person is very uh, approaching it like a problem solving, you go into problem solving mode with them. And that's how you together solve the problem. So adapting your style will help you make the pie bigger for yourself and the other person. Okay, so talking about so, and, and and again, I'm based in Australia, where generally speaking, you get an offer for a job, and it has a salary already pre, not pre-offered, but pre-discussed. Okay, mm-hmm. whereas you spoke earlier about rescission, uh, you know. Uh, rescinding of job offers, you know, once you mm-hmm. start negotiating salary. So, so explain for the for the listeners that process because there are going to be some subtle differences from everywhere around the world. So in Australia, you negotiate the salary and then the employer puts everything down in, on, in writing as an offer. Yeah. Yeah. So when they offer, oh, many people fear that if they – uh, there's a salary pay band, for example, right? So for a marketing manager, you might make $150,000 to $200,000. And, and this is, of course, different from region to region. So you would say, based on my experience of 15 years, you know, and all the things I can bring to this company based on X, Y, and Z, uh, I expect my salary to be at $195,000. And, you know, you'll go back and forth and they'll agree to say 182 and then you say okay however i really needed it to be 195 uh what else can we do to get me there you know and so leave that problem in your hiring manager's uh hands 
And now when they offer, when they say, you know, budget is tight, this is it, last and final, et cetera, they're going to say something like that. Then you start asking, well, you know, I really needed it to 195. However, we can probably get there if we, there's a professional development opportunity for 10 grand that I'd been eyeing for a while. And that's a project management certification. Will the company provide uh, support for that? Or I've been looking for flexible Fridays. Or I've been looking, you know, you know, you get the point. Okay. You you go you go from there. Fair enough. Okay. So now I understand what that meant because I was kind of toying with this and going, mm, not sure how that works in the Australian psyche, but that's uh that 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 makes much more sense now. All right, Dorothy, okay. let's start bringing it home. The last of your tips, the top five tip now, tip number five for bridging pay gaps through negotiation excellence. Yep. The, the the last and final one I would say is uh, what what uh, what we tend to think about when we are thinking about salary negotiation is a very narrow time uh, where we are at the point of a pay raise or we are getting a new job or a promotion. What I'd ask people to think about is these skills that you acquire when you learn how to negotiate a salary is really your lifelong skills it's because you know later on down the line there is a great project that you know you can uh, add a lot of value to the company you know it's going to be great for your career and you need to need a way to pitch for it to get that get into that project these skills will help you get to or get into that project effectively if you learn the skills of influence and persuasion which is sort of the foundation of negotiation this is going to help you in every single leadership discussion, project management discussion. Anytime you're trying to get something done or get something resolved, these skills are key to really uh, securing that value for yourself. So don't discount that just because I'm learning how to negotiate today that this is one and done. It can really serve you for your life on all of your career discussions and even sometimes where you go to lunch, where you decide where you're going to pick uh, dinner with your spouse, it's always helpful to have these skills in your fingertips. Okay, so let me let me ask you just a, a broad question. We've been speaking about particularly through recruitment, right? So you're negotiating a new job. What's the impact on people wanting a a salary increase or a, a renegotiated salary package? in their existing role mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, is there a fear that hang on if i'm going in and demanding more money and they and then from an employer point of view well if i don't give it to them what are they going to do mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh so there is a fear but what i would counter with is you have to uh do three things one is uh, uh right after you develop a uh, develop or deliver a project uh, this is prime time to start prepping the ground uh, with your uh, manager to say a pay raise discussion is coming up here. So you start peppering small hints and start promoting yourself. Then you double check whether your com company's financials are in a good position or not that that year. Because you know you're not gonna. It's gonna fall on deaf ears if you um, you know company's financials are not doing well and you're asking for a pay raise. And then third. Know when the budget season is for your company. So sometimes, you know, budgets are getting finalized around August or September. Sometimes it's a different time of year. Uh, so know when that is. And right around that time, have a ask your manager for a meeting and say, hey, 
can you please, um, you know, keep this in mind that I'm going to be asking at performance review time for a pay raise because of X, Y, and Z and have a one pager ready. That's going to contain all your accomplishments of the last one to two years and say, this is why I am asking for a pay raise and please account for it in the budget. So there's a way to go about asking for a pay raise. And yes, the leverage is low, like you said, or identified. Uh, because you, they've already got you, so they can take you for granted. But there is a way to ask for it so that you can get them ready, and it's not a surprise. I mean, I I, I think that the current and I, and I hate using millennials, Gen Zs, whatever you want to talk about, but the idea of job for life doesn't exist, and they just want different experiences. And so, as an employer, I kind of have got to the point where you don't expect people to stay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's that famous, you know, quote that's been attributed to many people that says, what if I train people and then they leave and the, and the, and you know, what happens if I don't train them and they stay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and so I think, I think employers also need to be able to say, okay, I can't accommodate your career aspirations. I can't accommodate that salary. So, you know, without being a constructive dismissal, uh, you know, it's up to you to make your own career decisions now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Dorothy, I mean, this has been fascinating because a lot of people are too scared to define their own, their own value or understand their own value and, and negotiate. So it's been a fascinating discussion. If our listeners would like to get hold of you, what is the best way to contact you? To use my website, www.dorothymashburn.com. Uh, I'm always available. I'm a phone, I'm a email away. Thank you very much, Dorothy. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast. <laughs>